It's July the 20th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. Hope you're having a great day, week, month, summer. Thank you for whatever you're doing, wherever you are. Thank you for taking some time to read the Word of God with us. Here we are in the great book of Ezra in the Old Testament. Remember, Ezra and Nehemiah originally were one book written, we think, by this man, Ezra, Ezra the scribe. Now, when we left the story yesterday, the Jews had come back, about 50,000 of them come back from Babylon under the leadership of a man by the name of Zerubbabel. They had laid the foundation for the temple and um, um, it had gotten off to a start and then opposition had arisen and then 20 years had passed and the, the, the pagans, the angry, jealous pagans who hated the Jews, uh, they used gaslighting and propaganda to stop the work on the temple so the foundation was laid and then the weeds grew up among the foundation stones for 20 years and now at last there's a there's a new king on the throne, a King Darius of Persia, and and the, and the governor, the, the 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 governor of that Persian province is going to write to the king and wants to know what to do, what to do about this temple in Jerusalem that the Jews want to rebuild. So the governor clearly wants to see it stop. What is King Darius going to say? We pick up the story in chapter six. King Darius gave the order, and they searched in the library in Babylon in the archives. But it was in the fortress of Ecbatana in the uh, province of Media that a scroll was found with this record written on it. In the first year of King Cyrus, he issued a, a decree concerning the house of God in Jerusalem. Let the house be rebuilt as a place for offering sacrifices, and let its original foundations be retained. Its height is to be 90 feet, its width 90 feet, with three layers of cut stones and one of timber. The cost is to be paid from the royal treasury. The gold and silver articles of God's house that Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem and carried to Babylon must also be returned. They are to be brought to the temple of Jer in Jerusalem where they belong and put into the house of God. Therefore, you must stay away from that place. Tatanai, governor of the region west of the Euphrates River, Shethar, Bozani, and your colleagues, the officials in the region, leave the construction of the house of God alone. Let the governor and the elders of the Jews rebuild this house of God on its original site. I hereby issue a decree concerning what you are to do so that the elders of the Jews can rebuild the house of God. The cost is to be paid in full to these men out of the royal revenues from the taxes of the region west of the Euphrates River so that the work will not stop. Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams, and lambs for burnt offerings to the God of the heavens, or wheat, salt, wine, and oil, as requested by the priest in Jerusalem, let it be given to them every day without fail so that they can offer sacrifices of pleasing aroma to the God of the heavens and pray for the life of the king and his sons. I also issue a decree concerning any man who interferes with this directive. I just stopped here to say, remember, this is a directive by another pagan king. But King Cyrus, God called him Cyrus, my servant, and now here comes Darius, look what he says. If you don't pay attention to what he says, let a beam be torn from his house and raised up. He will be impaled on it, and his house will be made into a garbage dump because of this offense. May the God who caused his name to dwell there overthrow any king or people 
who dares to harm or interfere with this house of God in Jerusalem, I, Darius, have issued the decree, let it be carried out diligently. Then Tachni, governor of the region west of the Euphrates River, Shethar Bozani, and their colleagues diligently carried out what King Darius had decreed. So the Jewish elders continued successfully with the building under the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah son of Iddo. They finished the building according to the command of the God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus, Darius, and King Artaxerxes of Persia. This house was completed on the third day of the month of Adar in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. Then the Israelites, including the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. For the dedication of God's house, they offered 100 bulls, 200 rams, 400 lambs, as well as 12 male goats as a sin offering for all Israel, one for each Israelite tribe. They also appointed the priests by their divisions and the Levites by their groups to the service of God in Jerusalem, according to what is written in the book of Moses. The exiles observed the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. All of the priests and Levites were ceremonially clean because they had purified themselves. They killed the Passover lamb for themselves, their priestly brothers, and all the exiles. The Israelites who had returned from exile ate it, together with all who had separated themselves from the uncleanness of the Gentiles of the land in order to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. They observed the festival of unleavened bread for seven days with joy, because the Lord had made them joyful, having changed the Assyrian king's attitude toward them so that he supported them in the work on the house of the God of Israel. And did you notice that phrase? They celebrated with great joy because the Lord had made them joyful, having changed the Assyrian king's attitude toward them. Proverbs 21.1, we see it over and over again. The heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. Like rivers of water, he turns it any way he wants. Ezra 6. The temple foundation was laid, and now finally about 20 years later, between 536 B.C. and 516 B.C., finally the work of God was finished. The temple was done. No, it was it was just a, a pale thing compared to Solomon's grand temple, but it was the temple of God. So there was great rejoicing and thanking God for what he had done, changing the king's heart. So he was favorable. Now, we're going to come to chapter 7. Before I read 7, let me just say this. Remember, there are two names. Keep in mind in the book of Ezra. One is Zerubbabel, chapters 1 through 6. The second is Ezra the scribe. Chapters 7, 8, 9, and 10. So we're about to get into the part about Ezra. Here's what you need to know. Between chapter 6 and chapter 7, there's about 58 years, okay? We're, we're jumping now about 58 years to the time of Ezra. Ezra chapter 7. After these events, during the reign of King Artaxerxes of Persia, Ezra, Zariah's son, Azariah's son, Hilkiah's son, Shalom's son, Zadok's son, Ahitub's son, Amariah's son, Azariah's son, Mariah's son, Zerahiah's son, Uzziah's son, Bukai's son, Abishua's son, Phineas's son, Eleazar's son, the chief priest Aaron's son, came up from Babylon. Good bloodlines. That's what we're being told there. Good bloodlines for Ezra. Came up from Babylon. He was a scribe skilled in the law of Moses which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. 
The king had granted him everything he requested because the hand of the Lord his God was on him. Some of the Israelites, priests, Levites, singers, gatekeepers, and temple servants accompanied him to Jerusalem in the seventh year of King Artaxerxes. Ezra came to Jerusalem in the fifth month during the seventh year of the king. He began the journey from Babylon on the first day of the first month and arrived in Jerusalem on the first day of the fifth month, since the gracious hand of his God was on him. Now, Ezra, pay attention now, friends, Ezra 7, verse 10. Now, Ezra had determined in his heart to study the law of the Lord, to obey it, and teach its statutes and ordinances in Israel. We'll come back to that. This is the text of the letter King Artaxerxes gave to Ezra the priest and scribe and expert in matters of the Lord's commands and statutes for Israel. Artaxerxes, king of kings, to Ezra the priest, an expert in the law of the God of the heavens. Greetings. I issue a decree that any of the Israelites in my kingdom, including their priests and Levites who want to go to Jerusalem, may go with you. You were sent by the king and his seven counselors to evaluate Judah and Jerusalem according to the law of your God, which is in your possession. You were also to bring the gold and silver the king and his counselors have willingly given to the God of Israel, whose dwelling is, is in Jerusalem, and all the silver and gold you received throughout the province of Babylon, together with the freewill offerings given by the people and the priests of the house of their God in Jerusalem. Then you were to be diligent to buy with this money bulls, rams, and lambs, along with their grain and drink offerings, and offer them on the altar at the house of your God in Jerusalem. You may do whatever seems best to you and your brothers with the rest of the silver and gold, according to the will of your God. Deliver to the God of Jerusalem all the articles given to you for the service of the house of your God. You may use the royal treasury to pay for anything else needed for the house of your God. I, King Artaxerxes, issue a decree to all the treasurers in the region west of the Euphrates River. Whatever Ezra the priest, an expert in the law of the God of the heavens, ask of you must be provided in full, up to 7,500 pounds of silver, 500 bushels of wheat, 550 gallons of wine, 550 gallons of oil, and salt without limit. Whatever is commanded by the God of the heavens must be done diligently for the house of the God of the heavens, so that wrath will not fall on the realm of the king and his sons. Be advised that you do not have authority to impose tribute, duty, and land tax on any priests, Levites, singers, doorkeepers, temple servants, or other servants of this house of God. And you, Ezra, according to God's wisdom that you possess, appoint magistrates and judges to judge all the people in the region west of the Euphrates who know the laws of your God and to teach anyone who does not know them Anyone who does not keep the law of your God and the law of the king, let the appropriate judgment be executed against him, whether death, banishment, banishment, confiscation of property, or imprisonment. Blessed be the Lord, the God of our ancestors, who has put it into the king's mind to glorify the house of the Lord in Jerusalem, and who has shown favor to me before the king, his counselors, and all his powerful officers. So I took courage, because I was strengthened by the hand of the Lord my God, and I gathered Israelite leaders to return with me. So here comes now a second wave, many years later now, a whole second wave of Jews returning from Babylon. Well, who are they? We get some idea of who they are in chapter 8 and about the journey itself. These are the family heads and the genealogical records of those who returned with me from Babylon during the reign of King Artaxerxes, Gershom, from Phineas's descendants, Daniel from Ithamar's descendants, Hattush from David's descendants, 
who was of Shechaniah's descendants, Zechariah from Parash's descendants, and 150 men with him who were registered by genealogy. Elihoenai, son of Zerahiah, from Pahath Moab's descendants, and 200 men with him. Shechaniah, son of Jehaziel, from Zatu's descendants, and 300 men with him. Ebed, son of Jonathan, from Aden's descendants, and 50 men with him. Jeshiah, son of Athaliah, from Etham's, Elam's descendants, and 70 men with him. Zebediah, son of Michael, from Shephatiah's descendants, and 80 men with him. Obadiah, son of Jehiel, from Joab's descendants, and 218 men with him. Shelemith, son of Josephiah, from Bani's descendants, 160 men with him. Zechariah, son of Bebai, from Bebai's descendants, and 28 men with him. Johanan, son of Hakatan, from Asgad's descendants, 110 men with him. These are the last ones from Adonikam's descendants, and their names are Eliphalet, Jewel, and Shemaiah, and 60 men with him. Uthai and Zachar from Big Vice descendants and 70 men with him. I gathered them at the river that flows to Ahava, and we camped there for three days. I searched among the people and priests, but found no Levites there. Then I summoned the leaders, Eliezer, Ariel, Shemaiah, Elnathan, Jerub, Elnathan, Nathan, Zechariah, and Meshulam, as well as their teachers, Joyarib and Elnathan. I sent them to Iddo, the teacher at Kasaphia, with a message for him and his brothers, the temple servants at Kasaphia, that they should bring us ministers for the house of our God. Since the gracious hand of our God was on us, they bought us Sherebiah, a man of insight from the descendants of Mali, a descendant of Levi, son of Israel, along with his sons and brothers, 18 men, plus Hashabiah, along with Jeshiah from the descendants of Merari, and his brothers and their sons, 20 men. There were also 220 of the temple servants who had been appointed by David and the leaders for the work of the Levites. All were identified by name. I proclaimed to fast by the Ahava River so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us, our dependents and our possessions. I did this because I was ashamed to ask the king for infantry and cavalry to protect us from enemies during the journey since we told him the hand of our God is gracious to all who seek him but his fierce anger is against all who abandoned him. So we fasted and pleaded with our God about this, and he was receptive to our prayer. I selected 12 of the leading priests, along with Sherebiah, Heshabiah, and 10 of their brothers. I weighed out to them the silver, the gold, and the articles, the contributions of the house of our God that the king, his counselors, his leaders, and all the Israelites who, had, who were present had offered. I weighed out to them 24 tons of silver. Silver articles weighing 7,500 pounds, 7,500 pounds of gold, 20 gold bowls worth a 1,000 gold coins, and two articles of fine gleaming bronze as valuable as gold. Then I said to them, you are holy to the Lord, and the articles are holy. The silver and gold are a freewill offering to the Lord God of your ancestors. Guard them carefully until you weigh them out in the chambers of the Lord's house before the leading priests, Levites, and the heads of the Israelite families in Jerusalem. So... The priests and the Levites took charge of the silver, the gold, and the articles that had been weighed out to bring them to the house of God in Jerusalem. We set out from the Ahava River on the twelfth day of the first month to go to Jerusalem. We were strengthened by our God, and he kept us from the grasp of the enemy and from ambush along the way. So we arrived at Jerusalem and rested there for three days. On the fourth day, the silver, the gold, and the articles were weighed out in the house of our God into the care of the priest Merimoth, son of Uriah. 
Eleazar, son of Phinehas, was with him. The Levites, Jezebed, son of Jeshua, and Noadiah, son of Benui, were also with him. Everything was verified by number and weight, and the total weight was recorded at that time. The exiles, who had returned from the captivity, offered burnt offerings to the God of Israel, 12 bulls for all Israel, 96 rams, and 77 lambs, along with 12 male goats as a sin offering. All this was a burnt offering for the Lord. They also delivered the king's edicts through the royal satraps and governors of the region west of the Euphrates so that they would support the people and the house of God. It's a great story. So Zerubbabel leads one group back, and then a generation more later, really more like two generations later, here comes Ezra. Zerubbabel has done his part. The foundation has been laid and the temple's been rebuilt. Now, 58, 60 years later, here comes Ezra. He's got a second group with him coming from Babylon. And the king, because God has touched his heart, the king says, you're going to give these people everything they want. They're going to build a temple. You're not going to tax them. You're not going to bother them. Leave them alone. This is my will. And you'll be in trouble if you ignore what I'm saying. So they make that long, dangerous journey back. They prayed for journey mercies. You ever heard that? Journey mercies. This is where Ezra 8 is where that comes from. Mercy for the journey. It's a good thing to pray for. Journey mercies. I heard that for years. I didn't know this is in the Bible where it comes from. Journey mercies. The good hand of God was with us. And all this money, all that the people gave off, the king had allowed tremendous gold and silver. And for, for, the, for the blessing of the people of God in the city of God. Now, here's the difference. Zerubbabel rebuilt the temple. Ezra is going to rebuild the people spiritually. Because we're going to find tomorrow that things have fallen into a terrible state. What's the key? It's there in Ezra chapter 7, in that verse I was trying to highlight. Ezra read the word of God. He studied to understand its meaning, and then he taught it to the people. Now, I remember Dr. W.A. Criswell, longtime pastor, beloved pastor at the First Baptist Church of Dallas. He said, this is every pastor's duty, every pastor's call to read the Word of God, to study its meaning, and to teach it to the people. Though I pray that God would raise up in our day a new generation of young men who will love the Word of God, who will read the Word of God, who will study its meaning and get up on Sunday and teach the people what the Word of the Lord is. That is our only hope. That is our message. That is the truth of our faith, to read it, to study it, and to teach it to others. Have you prayed for your pastor this week? Have you prayed for him today? Have you prayed for your Sunday school teacher, your small group leader, for your youth group leaders, for your Awana leaders, for those who teach your children? You ought to be praying for your pastor and for the leaders of your church, for your missionaries, that God would birth in them a love for the Word of God, that they would love it, they would study it, and then faithfully teach it to others. So then, here's your homework for today. In all your goings and comings, pray for your pastor and your spiritual leaders that they would love the Word of God. They would study the Word of God. And like Ezra of old, 
would teach it to the people. This is what we need. God bless you folks. Go out and have a great day. Now, I got to tell you, just there's a, a little shocking thing. A little shocking thing is going to happen here at the end of the book of Ezra. Uh, unexpected given where chapter 8 ends. So come back tomorrow. Ezra 8 and 9. We're going to wrap up the book. See you then.